So earlier this week, I received a, a text message from, from AJ, our drummer. And he said, hey, aren't you going to send out the order of worship? This was on Tuesday, Tuesday night. And I said, oh, yeah, I still got to do that. See, it's been six weeks since I've been preaching, right? Ryan's been doing a great job, and I am thankful for Ryan for that over these last six weeks. But I forgot that I had to do that. That was part of my responsibility was to notify the worship team, this is the order of worship, and this is how we'll do it. Until I remembered, okay, I got to preach again. I forgot. So I did that, sent it out, and then for good measure, that was on on. Tuesday night, for good measure, I said, okay, I don't want to get these texts from AJ anymore. On, on, Tuesday, on Thursday night, I stayed up till 3 in the morning. He's got orders of worship till June 4th. So, so he's, he's not going to bother me. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I was preparing this, this message for, for today... I started to think back about when I was probably in seventh or eighth grade. That was a long time ago. But I was spending the summer at a friend's house who, who had moved away. Um, and so I was over there, and, and one day his dad says, I want to take you all on a drive to the neighborhood that I grew up in here in San Antonio. And I get in the car, I sit in the back seat, and we're somewhere in the east side of San Antonio. I don't know where at this point. I know I was a little scared. <laughs> I, was, I was freaking out a little bit. And I was like, where are we? I mean, jeez. And we finally drive down this street. And, and he sees a friend that he knew from his high school days. He says, hey, that's my friend. And he stops in front of that house and gets out and starts talking to him. And it was a little sketchy. I was a little worried, but they they were having a good conversation. Then he motions to us, and he tells us to come in or to come over to where he's at. So my friend gets out of the car, and I follow him, and we start walking up the stairs into the the porch to the front door. And so my dad's friend walks in, my friend walks in, and then I'm in the back, and, and the guy stops me. And he says, you can't come in. I said, huh? He says, no, you can't come in. And my dad's friend, said, my friend's dad says, it's all right, he was, he's with us. No, he can't come in. I'm like, what the heck is all this about? And all I, could, all I could sense at the time was a horrible stench. I didn't know what it was, but he wouldn't let me in. That's all I needed. I turned around. I started to walk away. And I said, and my friend's dad said, why, why wouldn't you let him in? Because we don't know him. We don't know him. He can't come in. And so my friend walked out with me. And we went back. And I got in the car. And I locked the door. And I said, okay, I'm going to wait here. <laughs> wait here till we get out of here. I learned, I learned years later that that, that house that I couldn't enter in was a very well-known drug house in the neighborhood. And they they not only sold drugs out of that house, they made drugs in that house. And that was probably the stench that I smelled. 
I wasn't allowed in, thank God, because they didn't know me. Or it could be that I wasn't allowed in because someone else knew me, right? It kept me from going into that place. Lord knows what was going on. I wasn't known, but yet I was by someone else. In today's gospel reading, we encounter the story of Mary Magdalene. Now, just a real quick recap. Jesus has, has died. He was crucified. He has died. He was removed from the cross. And he's placed into a tomb. A borrowed tomb. And so Mary Magdalene, one of his closest followers, one of his closest disciples, goes to the tomb early in the morning. This is the, the version according to John. Goes to the tomb early in the morning to be with her teacher, her Savior, her Lord. And as she arrives at the tomb, she sees that the stone that had been placed in front of the entrance had been rolled away. And that sends up red flags for Mary. Something's going on here. This isn't right. This isn't the way it should be. The stone should still be there. And so she runs back home. And she finds Simon Peter, and she finds the beloved disciple who's unnamed in this version. And she tells him, someone removed the stone from the, from the entrance of the tomb, and they must have taken the body of our Lord. He's not there. She hadn't looked in yet, but she knew something was amiss. And so Simon Peter and the beloved disciple take off on a race to the tomb. They arrive, and they see that the tomb is exactly as Mary Magdalene had said. The stone has been removed. Simon Peter looks in, sees that Jesus is not in there. And then the beloved disciple looks in and also sees that what Mary has said is true. And it says that, that, that at that point he believed. We don't know what he believed, but I'm assuming that he believes what Mary Magdalene told him. He's not there because the next verse says they still didn't understand that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So they didn't believe that he had been risen. They just believed that he wasn't in there anymore. And so they go back home. Mary Magdalene, distraught and in pain and mourning the loss of her beloved teacher, remains at the tomb, weeping, Scripture says, crying. 
and then she musters up the courage to peek inside. And she sees two angels, and then she sees Jesus, but doesn't recognize that it's Jesus until Jesus calls her by name. What, can, what happens next can only be described as probably the most powerful and beautiful experience in all of creation. But we talk, before we talk about that experience, let's, let's talk a little bit about Mary Magdalene. What do we know about her? Well, we know that Jesus healed her from seven demons, Luke chapter 8, verses 2 and 3 tell us. And as a result, she began to support his ministry with her own resources, Luke chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. Now, while we do not know what being healed of seven demons entails, we do know that some medical conditions and some mental illnesses were often associated with demon possession in the first century. And yes, there were true demon possessions taking place as well. We know from Scripture that she was present at the crucifixion and that she was present at the tomb on the third day. And so what we can surmise is this. And what I want you to hear is this. What we know about Mary Magdalene was that prior to Jesus, her life had been a wreck. And Jesus brought healing to it. Mary Magdalene has been given the most awesome privilege ever, in my opinion. She is the first, according to John, to encounter the risen Christ. When Jesus calls Mary by name, she immediately recognizes his voice and cries out, Teacher! Teacher, can you imagine what must have been going through her head? How quickly her heart must have been beating, must have been pounding to see her beloved teacher. Can you imagine the joy and the excitement she must have been feeling at this moment? It was just three days ago when she stood at the foot of the cross and watched in horror as they nailed him to that wooden Roman torture tool. It was just three days ago when she watched as her wonderful teacher slowly died. It was just three days ago 
But she was there as they took his lifeless body down from that cross and saw them place his dead, limp body in a borrowed tomb. But now, how can it be possible that her beloved teacher is calling her by name? Mary. We know that before Jesus, her life had been a wreck. And Jesus brought healing to her life. He returned her to a life worth living. He brought a life of wholeness and worthiness she may have never known before. He gave her purpose and meaning. Jesus treats her with love and dignity. And he gives her one of the greatest gifts of all time, the responsibility and the privilege of being the first to proclaim the gospel message of the risen Christ. As she runs back to her fellow disciples, to her sisters and brothers, she proclaims that first gospel message. I've seen the Lord. I've seen him with my own eyes. I've witnessed him. I've experienced him. I've heard his voice. He called my name. I've seen the Lord. In John chapter 10, Jesus states, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Jesus knows Mary, and Mary knows Jesus. My friends, on this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, I can say without a hint of doubt in my heart that Jesus knows you too. That he knows your name. From the moment you were in your mother's womb, he's known you. From the moment you were in your mother's womb, he's loved you. From that moment, he's wanted to be in relationship with you. Now, here's the thing. Relationships take two. And so my question for us this Resurrection Sunday is simply this. Do we 
Jesus. Do we know his voice? Do we respond to his voice? To his call? If he calls us by name, would we recognize him? And when he does call us by name and we do recognize his voice, will we, like Mary Magdalene, be willing to proclaim that gospel message, I've seen the Lord? I've seen the Lord. And the things that he has done for me. When we receive good news, we want to share it. We don't want to hoard it. We don't want to keep it for ourselves. When we receive good news, we want everyone to know. When we receive and hear Jesus calling us by name, Will we respond by saying, I've seen the Lord. And I want you to know it. In Acts chapter 10, verse 42 that Ryan read, Peter states, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God, meaning Jesus. Will we proclaim and testify like Peter that Christ Jesus is the one ordained by God? My friends, we are all known by Jesus. My prayer, my hope, for each one of us is that we will know Jesus. He already knows us. Will we know him? On this Resurrection Sunday, my prayer is that we say, yes, I know Jesus. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about what he's done for me. purpose and the meaning he's given to my life. Let me share that with you. Amen. Will you join me in this Easter litany as we remember the Christ? We rejoice and we remember the Christ, the spark that lit the cosmos at the beginning of time. We rejoice and we remember the Christ, the spark expanding across all time and space. We rejoice and we remember the Christ, and we remember the Christ, the spark born and sheltered by our ancestors. We rejoice and we remember the Christ, 
the spark fanned into flame by those who ignite us in love, wisdom, and joy. We rejoice and we remember the Christ, the spark, a sacred trust we hold for our descendants and all who come after us. We rejoice and we remember the Christ, the spark, our oneness, and Jerusalem Shalom. We rejoice and we remember the Christ everywhere, here and now, and always. We rejoice and we remember. <laughs>